The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. have your Bible, would you go ahead and open it up to Ephesians chapter 1? Maybe you have an iPhone, iPad, whatever it is that you have, go ahead and open it up, Ephesians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, don't feel bad, it's no big deal. We've got these big screens up here, we'll have all the scriptures up there this morning. And we're starting a series today called uh, Sync. And we're talking in this series about syncing up with God, about connecting with God in a more real way, connecting with Him so that we can be led by Him in every aspect of our life, so we can walk with Him in a, in a real relationship. And, and so uh, next week, actually, this is going to be really good. I'm going to talk to you about how to hear the voice of God, how you can actually be led by God's voice in your life. If you've never heard the voice of God before, you're not sure if you have, you're not sure how this works, make sure you are back here next week because I'm going to talk to you in great detail about how you can do that. And every Christian can hear the voice of God. You totally can. But before we can get into that, we got to talk today about, I think, the first step before we can hear God, which is to know God. And, and here's why this is important. Uh, maybe you're like me, but, and, and probably you are. It's a lot easier for me personally to talk to people that I know. Anybody relate to that this morning? Like, talking to strangers is, is not always real easy for me to do. In fact, when I was a kid, there was this thing called stranger danger. Anybody remember that? And, and you were told, hey, don't you talk to strangers. I remember, this is not in my notes, but I remember one day being outside and I was on my big wheel, right? The big wheel. I had a, had a night Rider big wheel. It was so bad. And I was sitting out there on the sidewalk and this guy pulled up beside me and he was just at the stoplight, but he stopped and he said, hey, nice big wheel. And I just screamed and ran in the house, <laughs> which I'm sure was awesome for him. Like, but you know, we're, we're raised like strangers can be dangerous. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, we have a relationship like that with God, that we don't really realize that God's kind of a stranger to us. And here's the other thing about strangers. Not only is it hard to talk to a stranger, it's really hard to take advice from a stranger. Like I've got people in here today that I know, lots of you. And if you came up to me and you gave me some advice and I know you have a relationship with you, I know who you are, I know what you're about, most likely I'm going to listen to what you have to say. But some of you, I, I don't know you from, from Adam. And you came up to me and you started giving me advice on stuff, I'm going to be like, hey, you know, I don't even know you, man. Back it on off, right? And, and for some of us, that's kind of where we're at with, with God. Like we, we know about God, but we maybe don't really know him like, like we should. And so today I want to kind of help you get to know God a little bit better. Because maybe you're here today and your relationship with God is, is like that of an acquaintance. An acquaintance, by definition, is this. It's, it's a person one knows slightly, but who is not a close friend, and when I say that we want to get to know God, I'm not talking about having an acquaintance type relationship with God. Now, I have a lot of acquaintance relationships in my life, and you do too. We all do. There's these relationships that we, where we know people slightly. And maybe today as you come in here, maybe your relationship with God, maybe it resembles one of these acquaintance type relationships I'm going to talk about here. The first one is the dentist. We have an acquaintance type relationship with the dentist, right? I would call that a cordial relationship. And maybe your relationship with God is kind of like, you know, that cordial dentist relationship. You go in about every six months for a checkup, or if things are starting to hurt, or, you know, get painful, or just things are starting to stink, you're going to go in, you're going to get things looked at. When you go in, you know, he gives you some advice on what you should do, and you, you know, for the most part, you do it, that flossing thing, it's a little hit or miss, right? 
And, and, and you're, when you go in to see the dentist, your relationship, like the conversation doesn't get real deep. You know, you're sitting there with your mouth open and talking to this guy and looking up at a poster of a cat hanging on to something. Like, and so, you know, until you need him again, you just kind of, that's where the relationship ends. It kind of stays surfacey, doesn't really go anywhere. You're okay with that, and he's okay with that. He sees a lot of people, and so you're just like, yeah, you know, that's, that's great. I'll see him again in six months or if something goes wrong, right? Maybe that's, maybe that's where you're at in your relationship with God. Maybe you have a relationship with God, an acquaintance relationship that's kind of like what I would call like a political relationship. I would say it's kind of like... Um, it's a long distance relationship. Like God's like a political figure to you, like a congressman or a president. And so you're pro God, right? You like his agenda, you know, at least as much of it as you can understand, right? Uh, you, you, you got the sign in your yard, you're gonna get, he's gonna get your vote, but, but you don't really know him. I mean, he's busy. He's got a lot going on. He's overseeing a lot of stuff. So you're going to keep voting. You're going to keep showing your support from a distance. But it'd be great if you could get to know him. But you're, you're probably not ever going to happen. That's never going to happen. So you just, you just keep it as it is, right? Maybe you have a profile page, acquaintance-type relationship with God. Anybody, Facebook, Instagram, you have friends that you don't even know, right? I, I do. Maybe they're friends of someone else. Like, a, like your parents. And maybe your relationship with God is this way. You kind of inherited it. It just kind of came into being. And so you don't really know God personally, but you know what he likes. You know what he doesn't like. You know when his birthday rolls around every year and you, you know, try to say something at that time. Happy birthday, way to grow, whatever it may be. But if someone really did some investigating, they're going to discover that there's no real relationship there. It's just kind of a fake profile cyber Relationship. Maybe you're here today and you have a broken relationship with God. Maybe something happened. Maybe you, maybe you did something that you're ashamed of. And so you've kind of turned away from God because of that. Or maybe, maybe God didn't do something that you wanted him to do. And so you turned your back on God or you feel like he turned his back on you. And so this God thing is something that you just kind of like, you just kind of avoid the subject. Or maybe you have no relationship with God because what you understand about God, what you understand about Jesus, about Christianity is it's, it's a bunch of rules, it's a bunch of regulations, it's a bunch of things that you can't do anymore that you are being told that you can no longer do. And so that doesn't sound fun, that doesn't sound like something you want, you know, someday, but, but not today. Now, if, if that resembles, if any of those relationships, those acquaintance relationships resemble the way you see God today, I just want you to know that you don't know God. And I'm not trying to be mean to you. I just, I want to help you know God because that's not God. That's not who God is. That's not who God wants to be in your life. And the problem with these kind of relationships and when you just kind of know about somebody but you don't really know them is it's really easy to believe a lie about somebody. Like, for example, uh, my wife's here this morning. And if someone was to come up to me after the service and say, hey, I don't know if you knew this or not, but your wife is a drug dealer. I would say, no, she's not. I, I know her. I'm around her. She's, no, she's not. Benadryl will knock her on her butt. She's not a, not a drug dealer. But if someone came up to me and they pointed out somebody that I don't know and they said, hey, you know that guy's a drug dealer? I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, wow, okay, well. I'm going to go this way or, you know, whatever that may be. And, and, and there's, see, the danger there is when you don't know somebody, it's easy to buy into a lie about who they are. It's easy to buy into a counterfeit version of what they're all about. Way back in 1993, 
Uh, I was 13 years old and I bought a pair of sunglasses and they were the Oakley frogskin sunglasses. Anybody remember these, these sunglasses? They're these plastic sunglasses and they hugged your face and I bought some and I thought I was the baddest man on the planet. And so I got them. I had saved, you know, my money to get these and I, I was so proud of them. Well, one day I was at a friend's house and my friend had a friend over. So it was the friend of a friend, right? And we're hanging out playing video games. And I've got my sunglasses there, you know, kind of resting on the top of my head. And we're, we're hanging out, and, and this friend of the friend turns to me, and he said, hey, man, I like your sunglasses. You want to trade? And I said, well, what do you got? And so he pulls out a pair of Oakley E-Wire sunglasses. Now, if you remember back to 1993, the Oakley E-Wires were like the next step up. They were, they were like twice the price. They were $150. They were the metal versions of the sunglasses I had. And they were the ones that I wanted, but that I wasn't patient enough to save to get, okay? And he goes, I'll, I'll trade you these for those, straight up. Inside, I'm thinking, dude, this is awesome. This guy's an idiot. Yeah, yeah, man, let's, let's do it. Sounds good. Trade happens. And I was so happy for about a week. And then one day, I reached in my pocket to pull out my sunglasses. And when I pulled them out, I found that one of the arms of my sunglasses had broken off. And I was so devastated. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But I, then I thought, you know, these are nice sunglasses. Like, these have to have some kind of warranty or something. Maybe I could send them back to Oakley. I don't know. So I went into the sunglass hut at the mall, and I said, you know, told him my story. Here's my sunglasses. This is what happened. The guy looks at him for a minute, and he goes, hey, man, I got some bad news for you. These are not real Oakleys. I was like, what? And I had, I had traded my real Oakleys for a pair of Jokeleys, a counterfeit <laughs> pair of Oakleys. And you know what? They, they looked right. They felt right, but at the end of the day, didn't hold up. And for some of you, that's where you are with God. You've, been, you've bought into a counterfeit version. And some of it looks right, some of it feels right, but, but what you know about God, in the long run, it's not going to hold up because it's not really who God is. See, I, I believe this today. I believe one of God's biggest problems is a branding problem. <laughs> I believe he's got a lot of people in the church and, and people that, that kind of give a version of him that's not the real God. And maybe today you brought into this idea of God. Maybe the devil and people have been used in your life to make you believe that God is a certain way. That God will make you sick. That God will hurt you. That God is distant. That God doesn't really care about you. But that's not God. And so today I want to help you see God. I want to help you know God like you've never known him before. Okay, so Ephesians 1. I'm finally getting there. Ephesians chapter 1 is where we're going to start today. And in this, what we're about to read here was written by a guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul. And Paul wrote this letter to the church of Ephesus. And inside this letter, he writes a prayer. And, And this prayer is his prayer for what he wants the people of the church of Ephesus to experience. Now, here's the thing about the Word of God. The Bible was written by God. People wrote it, but God inspired it, okay? So God actually, when we read this, this isn't just a prayer that Paul prayed. This is actually what God desires for people to experience here. This is what God wants, okay? So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, it says this. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's God, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now look at this. So that you may... Know him. Everybody say know him. Know him him better. Know who better. Know God better. 
That's what God wants for you today. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, if you're a note taker, write this down. God wants you to grow to know him better. At the heart of who God is, is that desire. He wants to be known by you. He wants to know you. He wants to have a close relationship with you. And in order to do that, you need to know more than just information about God. You have to get to know him on a real relational level. Now, I have three kids. My oldest is, is my son, Gus. He's eight years old. I have a daughter named Bo, who is five. And I have another daughter named Sunny. She's two. And I love my kids. And I love them from the day they were born. I remember when my son, Gus, was born. Uh, he was a big boy. He was almost 10 pounds when he was born. You saw my wife a minute ago, right? She pushed out a 10-pound baby. It always reminds me of that, that scene in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You guys remember this? This guy goes, she's short, she's skinny, but she's strong. Her first baby came out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. Well, Gus didn't come out sideways, but Sarah was a real trooper that day. And so Gus was, Gus was born, and he was this big, big boy, and I was so proud of him. In fact, I remember they had him in that little area where they have the windows, you know, and you kind of look in at your child like it's a gorilla or something. And he's in there and his little thing laying there with his diaper on. And somebody else that day had had a set of twins. And so, you know, multiples are always a little bit smaller. And I remember seeing him and these two little twins and just thinking, dude, my baby could kick your baby's butt. <laughs> but I was proud of him. He was awesome. And, uh, and from the moment I, I first laid eyes on him and every one of my kids, I loved them dearly. But the more I've gotten to know them over the last eight, eight years of his life, the more I have fallen in love with him. Because the more I spend time with him and get to see him, the more I get to know what he's all about. I get to see his personality come out. I get to see what makes him tick. I get to connect with him in a real way. Now, think about this. What if the day that Gus was born, what if they just took him away from me? And all I ever got was information about him. Now, I was kept up to, up to snuff on where things were, but I didn't really get to have encounters with him and meet him and know him. I just got information about him. He's blonde. He has blue eyes. He, he likes video games. He likes pizza. He, his favorite sports team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I just got information about him. Would I know him today? No, I wouldn't. I, I would know about him, but I wouldn't really know him. Because, see, knowing someone is not about information. Knowing someone is about a real connection. It's about spending time with someone. And there's a huge difference between knowing someone and learning about someone. And a lot of times that's what happens to us in our walk with God, in our relationship with God. It's not really a relationship, it's kind of a religion and we just kind of get information about God but we don't really come into a real relationship with him where we're walking with him and being led by him and knowing him and feeling like he's with us and he's guiding us and leading us through our life. That's what God wants you to experience. But that doesn't come from information because listen, information about someone does not equal a revelation of who someone is. If you're taking notes, write that down. Information about someone does not equal a revelation of who someone is. If we want to get to know somebody, we have to get to know somebody in a real relational way. Well, you say, okay, Josh, well, what does that look like? Because God is God and I am me. And you know, I go to church and I was raised in church maybe or whatever it may be, but I don't, I don't what you're talking about, no, like being led by God, hearing his voice, I, I, I have not experienced that today. Well, well, here's what I want you to know. It's because you're just not quite in sync with God like you can be. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to get in sync with God. But today I want to lay the groundwork for that with one idea. And it is this. 
If you want to get to know God, I have to pursue God. Minds are being blown across the room. I can see it. You're saying, you're probably looking at me thinking right now, okay, yeah, I just said that that's what I was doing. I'm going to church. I'm, but, but are you pursuing God relationally? Are you really going after the person of God? Or are you going after the idea of God? Are you pursuing him, a connection, a real connection with him? Let, let me try to relate it this way. When I, when I first met my wife, I was attracted to her. And when I first saw her, I, I remember thinking, okay, this is, this is cool. This is something I'd like to pursue and I'd like to get to know her. And from the, very, from the first moment that I met her, got to know her, the goal was Sarah, right? That was my goal. My goal was, you know, to, to connect with her. Now, it starts this way, guys. You know, you know what I'm talking about here. It starts with this kind of like, you know, feeling it out to see if this feeling is reciprocated in some way. Like, I kind of think you're interesting. You like me. Okay, cool. Let's go on a date, right? Like we're just trying to figure out if she likes you. So then you find out she does like you. Then you begin this process of getting to know each other and finding out what this person's all about and finding out if, if you and this other person fit and if you, you make a good match. And I remember with Sarah, I remember I just, the more I spent time with her, the more I wanted to spend time with her. The more I got to know her, the more I, I, I liked her and started to fall in love with her. And this is going to sound super arrogant because it super was, because I was super arrogant at the time. But I remember when I first met Sarah, I remember thinking, this girl's better than me. And I had never experienced that before. <laughs> I told you it sounded super arrogant. Every relationship I'd ever had, I always felt like at some point, you know, this girl's getting the better end of the deal here. I need to break this off. <laughs> but with her, I didn't feel that way. I felt like, man, this girl is really cool and really great. And she, actually, she's better than me. She's out of my league and she likes me. I got to lock this down, right? So, so I asked her to marry me. <laughs> and she said, yes, thank God. And we got married. And, and understand this, though. When I married her, I didn't arrive. That wasn't the end. What, what, what I decided the day that I married her is that I like getting to know her so much, I'm going to do that the rest of my life. I'm going to pursue her. She said it earlier that the goal of my life was her. The quest of my life became her, getting to know her, learning who she is. And the more I get to know her, the more I love her. I love her today more than I loved her the day that I got married to her. I love her today more than yesterday, but not as much as tomorrow. Some of you older people get that song lyric there. But I, I do. Now, let's go back to God. What, what if we pursued God in that same kind of way? What if that's the, the we went after God in a, in a relational way like that. We really pursued him that way where the goal was God. The goal of our life becomes God. And listen, that should be the number one goal of your life. For some of you today, you gotta settle something. And here it is. Is God real or is he not? Because here's the thing. If God is real, then what are you doing not going after him? Because the Bible tells us that if we go after him, we can, we can find him. It says this in Jeremiah 29, 12. It says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
God can be found, my friends. You can have a relationship with him. It's possible to know God. You just have to seek him. So if I want to get to know God, I have to pursue God on a relational level. Now, let me show you what that looks like, okay? So, so when I pray, the goal is God. I, I don't go to God in prayer and say, okay, here's a list of things that I need. Here's a list of demands. Here's, let me cover all these bases so that my life is covered. No, no. When I go to God in prayer, the goal is to connect with God, to, to listen to him to get real with him, for me to share with him what's going on in my life, what's on my heart. And then to listen, to get quiet and allow him to speak life back into me like a real relationship, like I have with anyone else. The goal is God. When I, when I, when I read my Bible, the goal is God. The goal is not just, I'm supposed to do this. You know, if I read my Bible, pray every day, I will grow, grow, grow. No, I, I, I'm... I'm connecting with the writer of the book. The author of the book wants to talk to me. The, the Bible is really clear. It says that God and his word are inseparable. So when I sit down to read the Bible, I get to know God through his, through his word. It's God's word. I'm sitting down to have a relationship with him like I would anybody else that I have a relationship with. When I worship, I'm connecting with God. I'm having an encounter with, with God. You know, worship is love expressed. That's what worship is. It's us loving God. It's us touching the heavens. It's us touching Jesus and God with our love. And when we do that, he touches us back. He deposits into us his love. That's what worship is, guys. That's why we make such a big deal out of it. That's why I don't want you just doing it once a week here because I don't know about you, but I need God's presence in my life on a daily basis. I need the love of God being downloaded into me on a daily basis. And so I go to God in worship. I invite him into my day. I welcome him into my life. I welcome his, his wisdom and his guidance and his leadership into my life because I want to have a real relationship with him where I'm walking and talking and living my life in connection with God. We can have this. It's, it's available. It's there for the taking. We just have to go after it. And, and this idea of knowing God is not an arrival. It's not an introduction. It's an ongoing relationship. And what's beautiful about it it says you get to know God. Here's what's awesome. As you get to know God, you get to know who you are in him. And you find in him, you find perfect peace, perfect joy. You find freedom. You find the meaning of life. So many people are looking for the meaning of life. I got it. It's knowing God, being known by him. It's that simple. It's walking with him. It's the meaning of life. Because when you find him, you find the meaning of life. You find joy unspeakable. You find an anchor for your soul. You find everything that you've been looking for. And what I love about this church is that's what we've been doing for the past year. We've been helping people get to know God. And so people have been able to step into a real relationship. They've been able to step outside of religion, outside of going through the motions, outside of something we do because we're supposed to, punching the clock kind of relationship. No, and step into walking and talking with a living, loving Jesus who wants to be there for you in every aspect of your life. God has been doing that in people's lives and it's been amazing to watch. Check this out. First impressions would probably be um, the heart of the church. Um, new, we were new parents, got a new one on the way, um, and 
believe the big thing for us is we wanted a strong church that would dive into kids' lives, and we thought that was something for sure. say like before at church I would hide who I was and now I'm able to show who I really am and be challenged and changed. Since going to New Song it really feels like I'm going to church for the first time you know in 38 years it's you can just feel the Lord's presence you know every time you're there the Holy Spirit um, when Pastor Josh spoke about that um, it was really changing um, and I, you know it was just you can just feel something stirring on the inside and it's just not you go to church you show up you do your thing you leave you go you know it's it's there's something more here with with the church and the the movement within it I felt like I wasn't good enough to pray for other people or to be part of ministry if you will and um, through my growth at New Song Church and my walk with God he basically told me step up and join the prayer team and I don't have to be perfect to pray for other people that's not what the Bible says and so I've loved the fact that God's used me in that manner to pray over other women of God or other other people and to just show them God's love serving a new song means that I get to connect with other Christ like-minded individuals and that I get to um, be intertwined in the organization rather than just being an attendee so I get to meet everybody, I get to interact with everybody, and then also at the same time, we get that opportunity to give back to the body of Christ. So we get to help sow that seed, whether you're, you know, you're greeting people at the door, whether you're altar ministry, whether you're set up, um, every person plays a very important role in the church. And to me, for me to be a part of that is amazing, because then I get to feel that connection. What I feel is different about New Song is is the connections I make, I make with people. I've never been big on that. People that go to New Song want to connect with you. It's not a it's not a Sunday morning uh, facade. It's not a Sunday morning hello. It's a, how are you doing? How are you doing in your walk? How are you doing in your life? How are you doing in your relationships? How are you doing in your groups? We're going outside the church instead of just staying inside of it. song I just felt like a deeper connection I think it challenges more yeah and just uh, you know our spiritual walks with the Lord everybody we've met has just been super nice and uh, friendly I love new song because there's always a smiling face to greet you in the mornings and they make you feel so welcome I love new song because every Sunday I can walk in and I can count on encountering God and being in His presence through worship or the Word or just talking to people in the hallway. I love New Song because the praise and worship is amazing. Um, it's, I don't know what else to say other than it's amazing. I love New Song praise and worship because they set a tone, they usher in the Holy Spirit, and they set the bar high. What I love about New Song kids is that my kids can come home and answer what they've learned that day in church. I love New Song Church because it feels like home. I love New Song because I never leave without being spiritually fed. I love New Song because it encourages me to listen. I love New Song because there's always an atmosphere of 
Holy Spirit there. I love New Song because my kids are developing a relationship with God at a very, very early age. I just get excited for the people that get to come and experience New Song because it's life-changing. I want you to know this morning that I've got an agenda as a pastor, and I'll be real open and honest about it. My agenda is to help people know God, is to help you know God, is to help you to step into a real relationship with Jesus, because it'll change your life. You need it more than you know. If you've been going through the motions, it's, I I did that for years. I was raised in church and went through the motions for a long time. But when I really surrendered my heart to Jesus and got to know him and began to live my life walking with him, it was amazing how much it changed everything. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're still kind of going, I don't don't know, I don't know if this is a fit for me. Let me just tell you, you and God are compatible. You're compatible because of Jesus. And, And not only are you compatible, but to be honest with you, God is way out of your league. But, but here's the good news. It's kind of like when you were in high school and you found out that really good-looking girl might like you. It's like, dude, God is the really good-looking girl. <laughs> but he doesn't just like you. He's not just kind of interested in you. He loves you. And here's something you need to know today. The goal of God is you. The goal of God is to know you and to be with you. And that's why he did everything that he did. You know, the Bible is, is a story of, of man, God creating these two people, Adam and Eve, and putting them in a garden so that he could have a relationship with people because God wanted a family. So he created a family. But his family broke the relationship. They sinned against God. And when they sinned, it, it, it separated them from God because God is perfect and he can't be around imperfection. And so the relationship got breached and broken. And the rest of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is all about God's rescue mission to bring man back into a relationship where man could once again know God and God could know man. And they could be close. And you probably heard this before that people will tell you that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And Jesus did die on the cross for sins because sin was a big problem. Sin was a mess. It made a mess of everything. And so Jesus had to come and deal with sin. But he didn't go to the cross and die for your sins. He went to the cross and died for you. For you personally. We're making this personal this morning. He came so that he could be known by you. You were the goal. I'll show you this in scripture. Hebrews 12, 2 says this. Looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, remember that, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Jesus went to the cross, and he endured it, and he despised it. That means he didn't want to do it. No one wants to do that. And he didn't just do it because he was good at it. He didn't just do it because it had to be dealt with. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he did it. You know what the joy was that was set before him? It was you. It was knowing you. And so he was willing to endure everything he was willing to endure. 
that day and go through everything, all the punishment that he went through. He was perfect, without sin. The cross had no right for him. But he died in our stead. He took our place so that we could have life through him. God wants you to know him today. He wants to be known by you. He doesn't want to be an acquaintance. He wants to really be known by you. He wants to live a life in relationship with you. The bad news for us today is that the Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned, every one of us. Not one of us has not sinned. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things where we didn't uh, reach the mark that God had set. And because of that, the Bible says that because of our sins, we are declared sinners. And like I said earlier, now we're imperfect. And God required perfection. So Jesus came to this earth. And the good news for me and you today is Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrates his own love for us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That Jesus died on the cross for you. He came to make a way. He took the penalty that you deserve to pay. You deserved it. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Wages are not something that you're given for free. They're something that you earn. We earned death through the sins that we had committed. But Jesus came and he took our wages. He took our punishment. He took the penalty. And now because of him, we can be saved through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace, that's undeserved favor, that you have been saved, delivered from sin's penalty through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not of works that no man can boast. Me and you can be delivered from sin. We can be delivered from eternity in hell, not by anything that we do, by receiving what Jesus did for us. All we have to do is accept it. You need to understand something today. Somebody's got to pay for your sin. It can either be you or it can be Jesus who already paid for it. And if you receive him and receive that gift of forgiveness that he offers you, you can be free from the wages of sin. Romans 10, 9 says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's a key idea here in, in coming to know Jesus and taking that first step in walking in a relationship with him and it's this idea of surrender. Notice it says if you confess that Jesus is Lord. It doesn't say if you confess that Jesus is Savior. No, Lord means that you make him the boss. That you hand over the reins of your life to him and say I'm not gonna just do things my way anymore or the way I feel like doing it anymore. I'm gonna live in accordance with your word. I'm gonna live to do your will. I'm gonna give my life to you. And let me just tell you this morning, it's the best move you could ever make. God doesn't wanna take anything from you. He wants to give you better versions of everything that you desire. In fact, the Bible says he wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to put the right desires inside of you and change your want to where you don't want to sin. You don't want to mess up. You want to live for him. That's the gospel. <laughs> That's good news. It's not good advice. It's good news. And the good news for me and you today is you can know God. You can really know him. You can walk in a relationship with him. And I'd love to help you know him today. He wants to be close to you today. And I would love this. I would love if on New Song's birthday, if today, if you don't know him, if it would become your spiritual birthday and you would become alive in Christ by receiving the gift that he offers you today. So if that's you today, you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to pray with me. So if you would, every head bowed, every eyes closed, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna do anything to make you feel bad this morning or call you out. 
But if you're here today with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, and you want to know Jesus, you want what I'm talking about this morning, you want a relationship with Jesus, you want to, maybe you're even here today and you, you're not, you're just not sure. Maybe you, you went to a church service one time and you heard him talk about stuff and you raised your hand, but, but you know, you never really surrendered your life to God. It's not just raising your hand in a church service that gets you saved, my friends. It's surrender. And if you've never done that, it's real easy and it's really good. Here's what I'd love for you to do. If that's you today, would you just raise up your hand and then you can put it right back down. Just put it up, put it right back down. If you'd like to know Jesus, raise your hand, put it down. Okay, I see hands going up. Awesome. Anybody else? Raise up your hand. If that's you today, you want to know Jesus. Okay, I see more hands going up. Awesome. Hands going up all over the room. Just put it up, put it right back down. I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you today, but put that hand up. If that's you, you want to know Jesus. You want to surrender your life. You want to know today when you leave this place that you are right with God. If that's you, just raise up your hand real quick. Awesome. Hands going up. Now, I'm going to say this today, and and keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. I, I just want you to hear this. I heard a guy one time talk about this. He said that when he got saved, he said that he was sitting in a service, and the guy got up and was talking about this idea of getting saved. And he had kind of been one of these people that said, you know what, I'm going to put that off. I'll do that someday, but I'm not going to do it today. And he said that the the guy that morning said something to him that changed his life forever. He said this, he said, if that's you and that's what you want to do today, I just want you to do this. I want you to, to see yourself holding up your fist to God right now and saying, God, I don't receive your forgiveness today. I don't want it. I know that seems harsh, (laughs) but this is a big deal. See, eternity is a long time, guys. And sometimes we want to live for this tiny little segment of life. And we put all of this into this one little tiny section. And there's a lot to live for. And this is a big deal. So one more time, if that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you'd like to make Jesus the Lord of your life, would you raise up your hand right now and just let me know? Awesome. Hands going up. Very cool. Okay, would you do this with me? I want, I want you to pray with me this morning. And, and listen, the rest of us, because we're believers, because we're Christians, we're gonna pray in agreement with them. So I want everyone in the room to say this, and I want you to say it loud and proud, all right? I want you to say it. Say, dear Jesus, I need you in my life. I acknowledge that I have sinned. And I come to you right now, confessing that and asking for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God and that you rose from the dead and are alive today. I open the door of my heart and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. I give you control of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, let's give him a hand. I wanna invite our altar ministry team to come forward at this time.
If you're new to New Song, we, we do something, maybe not every church you've ever been to does, but we love to pray with people at the end of our church services. We believe what the Bible says, that when two are joined together in prayer, it's a powerful thing. And we want to give people the opportunity to come together, to join their faith with other believers. Now, if you raised your hand a moment ago, this is a good time. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. So you need to take that next step here in just a moment and you need to come forward to one of these people. And listen, they love you, they're for you. And just let them know, say, hey, I prayed that prayer today to make Jesus the Lord of my life. We also want to give you a gift today. We believe at New Song that when you get saved, it's your spiritual birthday. And so we have a birthday present for you. We want to give you, we want to put some stuff into your hands to help you grow closer to God. So make sure you do that. And if you're here today and you have a need of prayer for anything, maybe you had a headache this morning, maybe you have a headache right now, whatever may be going on in your life, be it big, be it small, whatever, we would love to join our faith with yours, pray with you this morning. So here's what we're going to do. I want everybody to stand up. We're going to go back into a song here for just a moment. If you need prayer, go ahead and you can start coming forward at this time. If you got saved, come forward at this time. Make this time that moment for you. And and if not, I just want to encourage you to just worship God and just engage with God in the next few moments and and allow that, that idea that God, you are the goal of God. Allow that to just rest in your heart right now and just worship him and engage with him right now. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you're there for us, that you made it possible to know you. And I pray that you would draw everyone to the altars to receive prayer right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, Go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.